Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 160th episode of the Hungry Gamers podcast. We are powered by 8bit.net and those extremely great legends at Audio Technica. I am your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan 8Bit. And on today's episode, we have a menu crammed full of gaming goodness. We'll be talking Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, Euphoria and Crawl, hands-on with Songbird Symphony, cigarettes in gaming, GTA Online's casino finally opening, and much, much more. Now, before we kick things off, I need to introduce my esteemed co-host. She allegedly once beat Hulk Hogan in an arm wrestle. You can find her at Miss Allie Hart. Miss Allie Hart, welcome. Episode 160, how you doing? I'm doing well, brother. <laughs> well, since when has Hulk Hogan been relevant apart from his uh, you know, less than colourful language? Yeah, he's, he maintains relevancy by counter-suing, was it the Gawker, I think? Counter-suing yeah. them for, for leaking like a sex tape or, or something. But he's he's at that end now where he's just this old muscle, muscly, leathery, unhinged man sort of living off his fame from yesteryear and... Mm. You know, doing what he can to to stay in the in the spotlight, but uh, bleaching that beard. Exactly. I only really knew him as Thunderlips from um, Rocky. Oh yeah. yeah, that was so great. It was great. The same way um, I knew about Andre the Giant because of Princess Bride. I didn't get into wrestling till way after that. The Princess Bride. I know I've harped on about it a few times on this podcast. <laughs> it is one of the best fantasy films or films of the you know that eighties nineties era of mm-hmm. all time. I'm so madly in love with that movie it's 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 a special touchstone in my in my heart so uh shout out to wesley and princess buttercup and everyone else out there Mm -hmm. as you wish Mm. how are you doing i'm doing good i'm doing good it's uh it's a sunny saturday morning here at the brisbane hungry hq Uh, a little bit a little bit tired a little bit raspy i'm still on the back end of this flu Mm -hmm. but uh, i'm doing okay all things considered as we, as uh, you can hear from this podcast, uh, the dream is noticeably absent today. So uh, he's got a few things going on that he needs to take care of. So uh, we wish the dream and co all the best. Uh, we didn't get the uh, the snack size edition of the Hunger Gamers out this week due to a few uh, live things getting in the way, and uh, you know that's to be expected. But we will have the next snack size episode out well after this episode one sixty. So we will have an episode one sixty point five fun size snack size episode to uh see you through the week but yeah sadly no 159.5 because sometimes life happens and we just gotta roll the punches tell me about it yeah so something you can tell me about Mm. marvel ultimate alliance 3 i am yet to pick this up obviously it's only been out for you know 24 to 36 hours now it's (laughs) hot off the press hot off the press but um, I'm keen for this, so I'm, I'm excited to get your opinions because sort of looking out amongst the uh, the gaming landscape, there is mm. some very lukewarm reviews, one might say. I Yeah, I and I think they're very valid. Um, I'm going to come off straight to the bat and say I actually didn't really have any interest in this game, so I actually played it based on someone else's purchase. Um, did uh, local co-op, so couch co-op, and... Um, 
action role-playing hacks slash using like a bunch of Marvel characters and you're going after the Infinity Stones and it's um it like it's it's a fun action game like you, it gets you right into it um the characters get a lot unlocked pretty quickly like I found that you know you weren't stuck for such a long period of time and they started unlocking all different kinds of characters like you had your you had your Venom and then you also had uh, Wolverine and then you also had um like oh who's the other one that got unlocked but it's it's all from different different areas of the Marvel universe. Because what there's forty, I think there's forty playable characters or something like that. It's, it's, it's something a pretty, massive, pretty deep roster. And I'm pretty certain that they've already announced something um, that, during San Diego Comic Con about um, the first like downloadable pack of characters that will be released. So they're already you know have the progress chart going along. In saying that, playing this game, I do not see like long playability. I okay. would assume that you could probably finish off the story, and I don't know. I guess maybe you'd play it again at I mean, a harder level, although I think that's what I was playing it at. The keys, like the controls for it, is very easy, very simple, simple button bashing. Um, I found myself just, yeah, just essentially just playing around with buttons. I will congratulate them on making a emote feature, which lets you say, well done, acknowledge, yes, no. And as a wonderful player, I just absolutely <laughs> just bash that throughout the whole thing. So I'm if you give emotes, I will use them and I'll be a terrible team player. So also with local couch co-op, the camera work is really finicky because obviously they're trying to fit both player one and player two on the same screen and they're trying to make them all present. It just it turns into a muddle. They highlight your character with a coloring. Um, but th- I still didn't feel like that helped me. Um, I, and it, it, the focusing of the camera just like went all over the place and it, it, it bothered me, but when you play single player, it's not so bad. You actually are able to control where the camera is and where it's facing. So yeah, those, um, um those shared screen, uh, multiplayer games are always a bit hit and miss with how they juggle. If you're sort of quote unquote, the lead dog and you're sort of pushing forward and sort of moving that screen with, with your player mm-hmm. where, where one of your other squad mates are lingering behind and sort of the screen either pushes them through or they go off the screen or it sort exactly. of locks because there's such a wide gap between yourselves. It can be tough. It can be really tough. That is exactly what happened. So yeah, they would either completely, like, I don't know if anyone's played the Pokemon game where you have your little co-op in that. Um, if the character goes too far away, sometimes it would just make them magically appear right back next to you. So, you know, that that's kind of one thing that they did to... Um, but for most for most of it, they would just lock the screen until yeah. you caught up, and yeah, yeah, makes it tough. So it like, there tough. is a pretty pretty deep roster. Who do you who do you see yourself sort of settling on with your with your sort of squad mates uh, as far as the the mainline team that you want to ideally roll with to to finish this game off? Because there's there's a pretty pretty big sort of who's who of um, Marvel characters from from there sort of is. a a good good guy perspective and then there's a lot of bad guys like from in the bosses and there's some allies that you sort of come up with uh throughout the game as mm-hmm. well uh it's impressive they've rolled out the red carpet that's for sure they have and like i said like it's a lot of characters from a lot of um different aspects of the marvel universe so at least you also have that variety um and i also liked that they also added this element where certain characters can actually do team up moves so if you have a cast of certain characters sometimes if one's using its ultimate then you can actually combine with it there is a there is an 
everyone has the big ultimate move that they have and everyone can do that at the same time which obviously has a bigger impact but they also have very specific ones where people's abilities can link up and I thought that was a good element although frustrating as hell to make that link up I am currently using Venom uh, nice nice for obvious reasons a favorite of mine but also he's a lot of fun to play um he has the I feel like he has the right amount of being like like muscle but he also has like the web throwing so he's actually he can actually you know go above enemies which is actually okay. quite beneficial um I found that with like Iron Man and um is it Scarlet Witch is Scarlet Witch is there yep. yeah so like they have the flying and so does um Star Lord they have all the flying abilities as well so but it has that on the screen where it tells you what their abilities are, if they can fly, if they are like more brute strength, if they're more like if they fight from a distance. So I guess there is all that little, probably all that sort of stuff in the background that people might enjoy. For me, though, it was just general, just hack and slash button bashing nonstop action. So Yeah, like like looking through the roster, there is sort of a, a nice diversity of, I guess, in your face based characters. And then you've sort of got your ranged sort of characters and as you mm-hmm. said yeah your people that would be using utilizing flight like i like that there's people like blade in there yeah. getting another look you know guys like daredevil one that i that sort of made me go oh, okay well i guess it ties into the upcoming movies they've got morbius the the living vampire in there which is oh. pretty cool and that's uh there's a movie getting made at the moment where jared leto is playing morbius this guy that uh sort of attracts this this vampire-esque gene and uh, he's sort of an anti-hero similar to Venom. So uh, that's cool. They've weaved that in there. But they've got they've got all the who's who from the, the MCU, I guess. Everyone that's a casual Marvel fan will know just about every character to play as in this. Mm. Um, one thing I found interesting, Ant-Man can be an ally, but you can play as the Wasp. Mm. I thought, hmm, all right. Well. <laughs> you see that article that decided to uh, go into detail about the Wasp? No, no. Oh, I you need didn't to find see that? That, that went what, viral. What happened there? Tell me more. Oh, just whoever did the review was talking about how sexy she was or how non-sexy she was. Either way, he was talking about how her physical appearance was either, was either pleasing or was not pleasing. But in, the, in uh, the game? Yeah. The writing was um, quite interesting and that kind of went a bit viral around. I'm, try- I'm trying to Google an image of her right now just to sort of to see. I think she looked uh, fine. I guess yeah. the... Can't really find her anywhere here. Anyway, this doesn't make for good podcasting as I uh, try, try and <laughs> find a sexy Google. photo of the wasp. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't get more interesting pictures. If she looks like Evangeline Lilly from the Ant Man and the Wasp movies and stuff, then yeah, I can understand where it's mm. coming from because she is she's a very attractive individual. Yeah, but in regards to choosing characters, you do definitely. I, I have found noticeable differences in linking it up to you, what your preferred play style is. I think I'm more of a upfront brawler and mm-hmm. I didn't really enjoy anyone that was more of a distance character. So it, it, overall, I think this is actually a good game for kids. Like I definitely think you can put a kid get in front of this game and all they have to do is button bash. There is um, certain things where you have limited revives though. That could be an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it could be enjoyed from all ages. I just don't see personally i don't see the longevity in it so but that could just yeah. be me 
DC fan, you know. I don't I'm excited to give it a go. Yeah, I, I know your <laughs> sort of allegiance a lot lies on the other side. So, yeah. But I'm, I'm excited to sort of see what they've done with it here, and and I like the the amount of characters they've thrown in, whether it be playable enemies or otherwise. Uh, 74 out of 100 on Metacritic at the moment, so it's not that's not too badly reviewed, in all honesty. Like, mm. but I do get a lot of like it was okay. And, and I guess you can take that as you will, depending on maybe if you are a bit more of a core Marvel fan, maybe that will then elevate that personal review to a, to a higher score from there. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what they do with uh, the Black Order and, and sort of the mm-hmm. Mad Titan or Thanos, uh, as he's otherwise known as. And it's pretty cool that you sort of deal with some of the members of the Sinister Six and stuff like that throughout your playtime. So I'm excited yeah. to to see the story uh more than more than anything because yeah the the combat as you said it's just it's very user-friendly it's just uh yeah. bash happy yeah just get in there and run rough shot with with your yourself or, or your mates so exactly right and about the only positive thing like to say that actually came out of it is that certain characters came up and i had no idea who they are so it actually made me investigate more into the marvel universe so there's a you gotta tell me you gotta tell me one or two of these characters you were like who who are you Oh, it's going to be really bad, actually. I'm going to have to, like, look again into the universe because I'm obviously not going to remember their names. But there was, like, one character. I actually think they did a TV series and it flopped. Um, But she had a dog that was, like, a portal dog or something like that. And it's actually used as a a point where you can change up Uh, the characters in and out. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Is that, like, uh, who would that be? She's from sort of the Inhumans, like, in the Inhumans storyline. Yeah, yeah. I that's... can't remember her name. Is it the lady with the long red hair? Yeah, that's a, that's her. I I really didn't know who she was until I looked it up, and then I saw. Oh, that's right. They did that TV series, and it didn't do really well. And yeah, and then um, there was also a bad character. I think a part of the actual Black Order, and she has this cool like headpiece. Ah, uh, that like... could be um, Proxima Midnight, maybe. That's her. Yep, that's her. She looked badass. So I'm gonna be looking more into her. Yeah, there's some really cool characters in in that world, so I'm excited to get in this this week. Uh, I'm I'm traveling with work Wednesday through Friday, but I've got a couple of flights, so I'm gonna get this loaded up onto the switch before now and then, and and do a little bit of uh yeah airport gaming. So Ooh. I'm excited to report back next week and share my thoughts and uh, Ultimate Alliance three and see where see where we meet in the middle. Yeah, should be should be interesting either way. Like you're. Marvel fan or DC fan? Or you're on more, the line? More Marvel, but it's slight. Like, I, I like both universes, so I, I can sort of try and sit on the fence. But if I had to lean more one to the other, it'd be slightly to Marvel. That's because of Wolverine, right? Yeah, and Venom. Uh, like, they've got a couple of really... Like, well, they've both got any heroes on both sides. But yeah, Venom, Wolverine, just the X-Men in general. I really like like that sort of universe and, and that sort of cast of characters, especially from being 90s kids. You know, remember the Ultimate mm. X-Men TV show yeah. that used to air in the mornings? That show was just perfection. So mm. that really, really dug in for me. And, and then I like the whole Spider-Man group and the subsect with the Sinister Six and everything that comes through there and into the other bleeds. So, yeah. yeah. But anyway, you, you can't go wrong either way, depending on which side you, side you barrack for. I don't know. Talk to a DC fan and ask him about the movies. Um, <laughs> so, Songbird Symphony. Yeah. What this is this? Is like, this is absolutely random. Um, as Switch does, sometimes they offer you know little demos so you can try it a game before its release. And this one just looked cute, and it is 
totally i'm i can't wait for its release it's actually going to be released 25th of july um it is a rhythm adventure game done by a studio called joystake studios they're a team of three that are making this cute little adventure rhythm game of this like little bird who got adopted by a peacock and it's an adventure game of him trying to discover where he is and where he belongs and throughout the game you'll have to do like massive rhythm challenges and um, you also have to go through like platforms levels and help people and then get like little notes to progress further and it's the art style is cute as heck it is cute as hell and there's just the simple like little repetition of him like singing and dancing and wiggling his ass because he's a cute little fat little (laughs) burb and he's just absolutely (laughs) adorable the best thing that i could describe this to is there's like elements of um like parappa the rapper that's that's the vibe i'm just looking at some some stills in a little trailer and that's that's the most immediate vibe and comparison i got from from seeing here on the Nintendo website. Mm, it's absolutely adorable. There's no voice work, so anytime someone speaks, it's um I'm gonna bring back the whole like text sound kind of talk where it's like <laughs> so you don't yeah, you just have to read and just hear noise. So there's no voice work. Like I said, small team of three guys trying to get this done and it's absolutely adorable. So I will be getting this um when it's released on twenty fifth of July. Um yeah. it's cute. I think everyone should check it out. Just try the demo. It's free, download it. I like to hear other people's opinion. I know rhythm games aren't for everyone, but I mean, it's too cute not to try. Mm, maybe I'll pick this up too while I'm sort of playing with my Switch this week. Uh, it looked <laughs> cute. It's it's priced at under twenty bucks, which is mm. pretty cool. Yeah. And I'm I'm a bit of a sucker for a for a nostalgic rhythm game, and and I like that art style. And yeah, you got to support them little smaller indie out- outlets. So Joystick Studios, huh? Joystick. You can't go with the company that did joystick and steak and combined it. Hundred percent. Two of my favorite things. Yeah. No. I like I said, free demo. Try it out. If you don't like it, eh, what's the loss? Yeah. I just personally thought it was adorable. Yeah, it looks pretty great. Yeah. So, I haven't played pretty well anything this week. I've been I've been fairly off the grid with gaming. Like done a little bit more Elder Scrolls Online, which is seems to be my my constant time sink or, or just sort of pick up and play game at the moment uh, i'm in the throes of deciding which which house to buy of all things so wow uh you can own i think there's about 40 different houses you can purchase in the game now and then you can furnish them and, and put your random trophies and achievements on the wall and, and all this kind of fluff so i'm trying to toss up if i want to get something more understated and more humble or if you go the big giant like castle with the dungeon and everything else or do you go because because obviously each of the the factions and and races have their own sort of certain unique worlds you have houses that sort of fall into that so you could have more of like a little bosma looking house in the trees type of thing or you could Mm -hmm. have something in a cave or you know a more normal eastern european or or united kingdom-esque looking castle so I'm just tossing up where to put my hard-earned money because these things aren't cheap. So it's it's a very tough decision. Uh, I think I've, I'm close to making said decision, but we'll see. We'll see. Outside of that, I've just been watching a lot of, watching a lot of television, watching a lot of movies. Um, mm. So Handmaid's Tale, something I've sort of spoken of loosely here and there. It, it's nearing on. I think it's we've just watched the eighth or the ninth episode in the third season. It is still a very dreary, punishing experience. Like it hits home. It hits hard. Uh, the the writing's great though. The acting's great. Anyone that hasn't checked it out, it's like a a show. It's a dystopian future, sort of set almost present day, where 
sort of a religious group has risen up in the United States and and pretty well sort of segmented the United States and brought this new country to the fore called Gilead. And they're very devout religion. Everyone has a role where women, due to their uh, you know religious beliefs, their job is to make babies. Uh, and so for some reason or another, less women are able to be fertile. So they've just got these fertile women that are handmaids and all they are is just baby factories. So they're in these respective Ooh. higher up houses going through these hardships, but like women have no rights. They can't read, they can't write, they can't sort of have high, high sort of powerful jobs. They're just there to cook, clean, service and have babies and everything else that comes around it. So it's cool that you see the rest of America and, and the world still working today as, as we are right now, but then there's this weird oh. Gilead rising. So they're trying to establish more power and, and get people in and out. And uh, it's 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 heavy. Like it's very dreary and the tone is is, is pretty dark and, and there's some scenes that can make you pretty uncomfortable, but it's really great. Elizabeth Moss is the lead. Uh, if, if anyone's watched Mad Men, Peggy from Mad Men is, uh, oh. is the lead. But yeah, I've been uh, chewing through that and... A show that we've just started this week as well is Euphoria. It's yes. it's, it's a new show. Uh, it's it's on Foxtel over here and obviously on just about every other outlet around the globe. And it's it's a look into, I guess, that high school teenage hardship and, and growing up and mm. finding themselves and experimentation and everything else. So there's there's a heavy, heavy focus on drugs, sex, alcohol, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but it can make you very uncomfortable. Like Rachel and I are watching it together and there's some c- certain scenes where we'll sort of both look towards each other and it's like, you feel as awkward as I am right now watching this? Like, yeah. there's, a lot of, there's a lot of penises on this show for one and, you know, nothing against penises. You know, penises are great, speaking from experience. But like, because these are kids, you know, these are minors and you're seeing all these quote unquote minors bits of gear on, on the screen, they hold nothing back. That's for sure on this show. Like there's... There's there's sort of rape, there's drug overdoses, there's violence, there's everything, mm-hmm. and it's it's pretty jarring. Like like picture Degrassi Junior High or Heartbreak High with like a MA or an R rating, and that's what this show yeah. is. Like it is, it's hectic. But there's there's an interesting assortment of characters. The acting's really good. Yeah. The soundtrack is great. Funnily enough, like Drake is a producer on this show, Not but the soundtrack the soundtrack on this show is like <clears throat> on the money. And it's really, really well shot. Like I love the camera work in it, and it's it's worth a watch. But just bear in mind, like probably don't be watching this with like your mum or your dad or your, your younger siblings or your kids if you have them, because yeah, there's some things on there that they'll see that they'll be questioning uh, why they're watching this or also what that is depending on the age. So yeah, no, I can understand that being uncomfortable because I don't know um, how many people remember there was a show way back when called Skins. Yes, and- yes, good comparison. Yeah. Really good yeah. comparison. And the thing was, like, it, it was hype. Like, a lot of people watched it. I I think I unfortunately, like, when I thought, oh, I'll give this a go. And I was in the middle of some episode and some part of the season. And it was obviously very something, like, raunchy. And I was just like, oh, God, no. Oh, I can't watch that. And that's, that's really a bit much. So I couldn't understand where it was like, oh, how is a show about, like, prepubescent kids getting it on and having drugs and all that sort of stuff i'm like how is that so popular um but i guess it is like that it's important to address like you know the coming of age and all the stuff that you know 
kids experience especially from also like you know generational point of view like it's different now as than it was when we were growing up etc but it's just a, a very you want to be as real as possible but then being real as possible is also very confronting so even though the actors are all of age and everything like that you're still sitting there going oh yeah it's um it can be jarring some of the mm. some of the themes and even even just the the camera work like sometimes when you watch movies and tv and they show some of these really jarring scenes or themes you know they'll shoot in a way where you don't see it like you know what's happening yeah. but you don't but this like is just screen, like yeah. the camera is right there like <laughs> right in their face or right on their junk or whatever else like wow yeah but it's it's something it's it's interesting though like it's it's a good watch like and and i'd recommend it if if anyone is into that sort of type of style of show it's 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 a really slick production um and, and the last one i wanted to bring up is i want to watch crawl at the cinemas the crocodile uh, one. which is yeah the the alligator one uh disaster horror film mm-hmm. uh, which was directed by alexandra asia who uh has done a few few sort of similar films uh he's one of his debut films was high tension which is a phenomenal sort of uh very violent thriller that's worth a watch he also did the remake of the hills have eyes oh if for anyone that's sort of looking for some other source material but uh the i guess the premise of this this movie is a daughter and a father get trapped in their home during a a hurricane in in florida and it just so happens that they're living like right on the edge of a bayou so there's gators everywhere and there's alligators in the house and then the the rising flood water and chaos ensues so that so that's the easiest way to to describe what it's about it's it's good fun um there's some some good jump scares the cgi work on the gators is actually pretty good uh there's there's some gore in there but it's not too over the top which was a surprise because um asia the director it's something he's known for like he's yeah. very much he's a very much a visceral type of guy anyone out there has watched another movie called burning bright or have you watched burning bright mm, i don't think so it was a similar concept but it was like uh, a brother and a sister get locked in their house with a tiger so they're trying to ah. escape this barred up locked in house with a with a ferocious tiger uh, so it sort of so very plays, plays on those circumstances and just like elevating it even more. Yeah. That's yeah. great. Um, I mean, good to hear that CG is pretty decent because CG can like absolutely throw you like it could be a good movie or, you know, good acting, good everything. But CG is bad. It just absolutely removes you from the actual experience. But I was actually curious about this one because they're really pushing the trailers. Um, They're really like, you know they're not doing the cheesy factor. They're not trying to, you know, push the cheese factor. They're actually trying to sell it as a pretty serious movie. So I was wondering if this is cinema worthy or if this is an at-home kind of I, watch. I, uh, I, I think so. Like, I enjoyed it in the cinema. Uh, you, you don't, like, we didn't get the the giant, um, what do they call it? In Whatever the giant sort of high-end cinema is. In. You know how they've got the, the, the big, the, yeah, like the VMAX and the IMAX and stuff like that. It was just in mm. one of the little smaller rooms. Sure. in this cinema and there wasn't there was i think 10 of us total watching it in there or whatever but you know it was it was good i'd certainly like if anyone's a fan of those disaster horror films or just horror in general or thriller movies want a bit of good dumb fun or like those creature feature movies go give it a look i think sam raimi produced it obviously oh. from from evil dead fame so uh it's sort of a bit of a who's who as far as raimi and asia getting together on this uh, but it's 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 pretty good and, and I like that it is as you said grounded in a bit of realism and reality it's not mm-hmm. just schlocky 
B-grade over-the-top yeah. violence and whatever else. Like Sharknado it's, kind you of could BS. go, Yeah, it's like, yeah, I could I could actually see this happening in real life. Like it makes sense. Maybe, maybe the Gators are, like near the end are a little bit more aggressive than they need to be. But um, <laughs> outside of that, it's it's really, really, really well done and I enjoyed it. It's very short though. It ends pretty quickly. Uh, it's, it's only about 80, 88 minutes, something like that. So it's, that it's just okay, sort of like a, a little banger. <laughs> Yeah, like <laughs> it didn't notice right. say it's welcome. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, check it out. Check out Crawl. Uh, well worth the time. And yeah, if you can get into the cinema and watch it, because hopefully it might mean we get more movies like this. That's true. Uh, but yeah, that's that's all I've been doing. I've just been watching a lot of stuff and waiting to play Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. I'm sorry that I kind of like dampened it. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. It's, I've seen a lot of that. Like a lot of people I follow on, on Twitter and things, there's there's similar uh, similar thought processes getting thrown around the internet that it's like, yeah, it's okay. It's, it's okay because okay. I'm sure there's a lot of people listening right now that goes, oh, you don't even know Marvel characters. What do you know about this game? And so all I'm saying is the playability factor is just very repetitious. That's all I'm going to yeah. say. And that's how those games have always been. Like if, if you played one or two, it's the same thing. It's mm. you and your squad mates roll into an area, button mash some enemies, jump some stuff, roll into the next area that's slightly reskinned, rinse and repeat. Like it's mm-hmm. it's a tried and tested formula. Like I doubt they were going to veer too far from that path. So yeah, mm. we'll give it a crack. It is what it is. It is indeed. So a quick bit of housekeeping before we move on into the news headlines. So uh, first and foremost, be sure to rate, review, subscribe us and all the other members of the hashtag 8-Bit Collective on your podcast platform of choice, but ideally on iTunes or Apple Podcasts if you can, because that's where we try and keep things tracking. But also on Spotify, they're sort of the main two drivers, I'd say, for us. So uh, yeah, because those reviews help keep those emotional lights on in all of our hearts be sure to rate, review, subscribe all the other podcasts that you are listening to and consuming on the weekly because those reviews mean an awful lot to us. Uh, once you're done doing that, head on over to audiotechnica.com.au. Get yourself the best in audio-based equipment. You need some new headphones, you need a new microphone, you need a new gaming headset. Their new ATH G1WL headsets have just released, which is a wireless gaming headset. And I can say with 1 million percent certainty, it is the best gaming headset I've actually ever tried so far. And being cable-free is an absolute godsend. No one wants cables these days. You know, it's wireless, it's Bluetooth, it's convenient. And uh, this headset delivers all that in then some. So uh, yeah, audiotechnica.com.au or audiotechnica.com for those uh, outside of Australia. And then obviously we are 8bit.storeenvy.com to uh, kit yourselves out in the best gaming merch on the planet. T-shirts, jumpers, underwear, shorts, socks, beanies, caps, you name it. It is all there and then some. We are 8bit.storeenvy.com. So uh, let's get into some news. This week's news headlines. And the first one, the world is seemingly against cigarettes. And this comes via way of Wesley Yin Pool at Eurogamer. Gears 5 is a now a smoke-free game. In fact, going forward, smoking is banned across the Gears of War universe. Previous Gears of War games have featured characters who smoked. Cog Michael Barrack, for example, was a chain smoker with an addiction to cigars. And in Gears of War 3, Barrack would hold a cigar in his mouth while you're playing as him in competitive multiplayer. So according to Variety, the decision not to include smoking references in the 18-rated Gears 5 came after not-for-profit anti-smoking organization Truth Initiative approached Turner Broadcasting, 
whose E-League esports division has broadcast rights to the game about making a change. Uh, an Xbox representative said the decision was made solely by developer The Coalition. Adding context, The Coalition chief Rod Ferguson issued a statement to Variety saying, I've seen firsthand the devastating impact of smoking. It's always been important for me to not use smoking as a narrative device, which is why we made the conscious choice to avoid highlighting or glorifying smoking in Gears 5 and throughout the Gears of War universe moving forward. So um, sort of connecting another loose thread, similar thought processes have come off the back of Stranger Things where there has been a little bit of outcry through the internets with uh, too many characters smoking and now we're seeing this ripple through into Gears where they are making changes to make their respective universes smoke-free. What do you think about this? What year is it? Mm. <laughs> like, I... Oh. I just didn't think that this was an issue, I, especially in an 18-rated game when it comes to Gears. And and freaking Stranger Things was set in a time period when smoking was a very common thing. Like, yeah. everyone did it, teenagers did it, and it was just regular, you know? I'm pretty sure my mum was smoking when I was in her womb. So, yeah, uh, yeah like, obviously that probably explains a little bit about me now, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, everyone was smoking in the 80s and 90s. Like, you couldn't spit without hitting someone having a cigarette. And Exactly. Yeah. And, like, I understand what they're trying to do by, you know, not glorifying it, by not having it as present in, I think, things that kids kids watch. Yeah, and play, like, Gears. Play? Like, like, it's an R18 rated video game where there Wait. is adult themes of death and loss yeah. and a lot of <laughs> violence, like violence and dismemberment and, <laughs> you know, cutting people to bits, which is That's fine, okay. apparently. It's, it's okay to cut an enemy arm, in a, like, cut him in half with a gun with a fucking chainsaw attached to it, but don't you dare be smoking a cigar while you're doing it, like... There's oh, like I don't know, there's man. other levels of things in there that they say like okay he doesn't want um smoking to be a narrative but then it's like okay well if that's bad then this whole stupid masculinity thing that you know the macho bravado sometimes that can be quite offensive but that's a narrative so yeah. like maybe you should cut down on that like it's bullshit like I just I think maybe someone tapped him on the shoulder or someone had an experience and then they're just like nah let's get rid of it and to yeah. me it doesn't change anything i've seen smoking through my entire life i've had family members that have smoked quite a lot and i've still to this day never touched a cigarette because it was told to me cigarettes equal cancer cancer bad cancer death and i'm like well i don't want that so i didn't smoke i'm, so, I'm with you like i've been around it as i said from from the womb Pretty much. And um, <laughs> like, I'm not here chuffing, chuffing a pack a day and whatever else. Like, like my father did, like he smoked, mm. like there was no tomorrow, but it just, it just seems unnecessary to me. Like I understand the whole not using smoking as a narrative device, but I can't remember one mission in a gears game where it's like, we need to go to this abandoned factory and get a couple of cases of cigarettes, <laughs> cigarettes because the yeah. guys are getting upset back home. Like, yeah. un unless that's getting sort of forced down your throat, a character smoking or, or having a beer or like where, where's it going to end? Like it's going to be, you know, all the characters are going to be vegan soon and, <laughs> and, and wearing, you know, clothes free of cotton and silk and whatever else. Like it's, it's, it's a fine line for them to be sort of dancing. I think like it's, mm -hmm. it's nice that they're 
putting a strong stance and trying to be positive towards smoking. But I wonder how much this is more so on the back of Turner Broadcasting, turning around to the coalition and saying, hey, you're going to lose your, your rights to have your, your sort of tournament streamed. You're not going to have this money. It's going to be paid by us. Make some changes, less reliance on the smoking. So maybe it ties into sort of sponsorship dollars and marketing dollars as Possib- opposed to... Yeah. yeah. I like cuz yeah, um maybe you're right, maybe that is the angle cuz it could be um argued where we said that obviously put me playing gears, I didn't recognize cigarettes or smoking being evident enough for me to remember. So then, mm. you know, someone could actually come back at me and say, "Well, if it's taken out of the game, what's your problem?" I think yeah, it's more of a case of like if there's this initiative with this kind of thing where else will it go i mean we've already dealt with people saying like violence in video games causes people to be violent in real life and then that kind of got debunked so then it's like okay so kids seeing a character smoking a game would that encourage them to smoke yeah i don't know that's that's where i'm looking at yeah it, it seems like they're just trying to cover hypothetical bases that don't exist right now possibly yeah and the same as like doubling back that whole Stranger Things thing. Like I saw that go on the internet the other week when season three was released and I was just shaking my head. I'm like, it's it's relevant to that era, especially like they're trying to make these shows be a time capsule and, and a touchstone for the 80s. And that was mm-hmm. rampant and ripe through the 80s. And, and, and it was the same, like watching that, there was never never a time that any of those boys like we've got to break into the mall and, and get a get a case of marlboro 20s for for dad or something like there's never any of that and until it gets pushed down your throat like that like i don't think it's subliminal marketing at all anyway kids aren't into cigarettes anymore they're all about vaping now that's true oh so this, this is so this much is vaping uncool. in um that euphoria show so much vaping. oh okay <laughs> i thought you were gonna say in stranger things and i'll be like Someone has to speak to production. Someone <laughs> fucked up real hard. Space vaping. <laughs> Space vaping. Um, actually, you know, the other thing that I remembered is that in cartoons, there was a point where, like, Yosemite Sam, right? He had guns. And he had, and his thing was is that he would shoot the ground and everything. Yeah, get angry. Yeah, and shoot in the like sky this. and everything. Yeah. And then I actually didn't witness the point where that got taken out of cartoons and when that was, like, bad because that encouraged gun violence. Mm. so like sometimes it gets taken out and you just don't notice yeah yeah i I guess i guess with the way that the world is on 24 7 here and and people need to report news whether it be big small or otherwise hence why we're talking about it today like where it can't really be sort of snuck in through the back door and just sort of inserted or removed it's it's talking about on on websites and podcasts and and things like this so Mm. yeah yeah, so I guess on to a, a much more healthier topic. We're going to talk about gambling now. <laughs> GTA's <laughs> online casino has an official opening date. And this comes via way of Imogen Beck Helling at Eurogamer. And that uh, casino opening date is none other than July 23rd. So three days away, or it's probably going to be the day after this podcast releases, you can get in on this. So the Diamond Casino and Resort will have its grand opening of Tuesday next week, allowing players to gamble against the house using chips in classic casino games such as three-card poker, blackjack, and roulette. There'll also be slot machines with various prizes and an inside track lounge to watch and cheer along with friends as the drama of virtual horse racing unfolds. 
In a post on Rockstar's website, the developer mentions the massive construction project on the corner of Vinewood Park Drive and Mirror Park Boulevard. Players have been seen being built in the game nearing completion. More than just a place to let go of your inhibitions and your sense of the passage of time, it reads, <laughs> the diamond is the one-stop destination for quality entertainment, high-end living, and a range of experiences you won't find anywhere else. There'll be new clothing and accessories available from the casino store as well as a master penthouse to purchase situated at the very top of the diamond. A must for all the high rollers who want to be able to step out on the rooftop of their infinity pool and into their private helicopter. So, what's going to happen with this? You know, we just talked about how controversial smoking is and now we've got a virtual casino that people can come and gamble <laughs> virtual money that they can i guess assume to purchase with real money to get that mm -hmm. virtual currency in a virtual casino where they emphasize about them being a passage of time so it's going to be you know there's going to be no natural lighting coming in here so people mm -hmm. aren't going to know if this is going to be morning noon or night we're in here slapping the pokies or playing poker and blackjack what do you reckon because you're the relevant sort of gta online aficionado here on the pod what's your thoughts on this i love it because it's like Currently, for the well, actually, I say currently, but it's been for almost like three years now. Where there's been uh, gambling in video games, like as this, you know, hot topic, and GTA's just like hold my beer. Um, we'll put an actual casino, but to you know counter that, GTA should be only played by people eighteen and above, right? It's still an R eight. Is it R eighteen? I think it is R eighteen yes, these days. Yeah. Yeah. So technically, kids as they shouldn't be playing it. And you are right. You should be able to buy the currency cards with your actual real life money that will then go to in-game money, which you will then be able to gamble on. Um, and also buy your penthouse, which is very important. In saying that, to focus on this being a casino thing, like it's like, come on, <laughs> this is a game where you steal cars and, well, you don't have to run over prostitutes, but it's possible. You can run over anyone really. Mm. Um, Prostitute but, or otherwise. Yeah, I don't think anyone could really put a stance on GTA by saying, how dare you? Um, it looks like fun. Um, the casino, I think the actual building has been on location for a while now. It just, the horse track has been there, but it's never really been that functional. So um, I think this was kind of expected when Rockstar kind of put the gambling in Red Dead Redemption. So I guess they tested it out there and people liked it. This said, you'll be gambling against the house. So I guess that's good for some people that don't have friends. Yeah, that's true. You know, all those uh, solo GTA players can jump in here and play against a, a virtual sort of pit master or a mm. pit, pit member and things like that. So yeah, so three card poker, blackjack, and then your roulette, and then your po uh, then your slot machines or your poker machines as they we call them here in the AU. I'm curious to see what kind of odds. Uh, they have this if it's going to be sort of true to life where you're going to be losing much more than you're winning or if they will have it maybe dialed up to start with to get these mm -hmm. early digital addictions sort of setting in and then they'll sort of cut back the uh, the win percentages over time. Mm, I haven't seen yet if they've actually mentioned um, with the casinos opening if there's going to be some more story or some additional missions, but they probably will because... Why not? New content's new content and new clothing and accessories, which I'm all about. So mm -hmm. I get to go shopping again. Heck yeah. Yeah. So th this game is just a juggernaut, as everyone knows. We've, we've talked about it on and off here for the last several years about how well it's still doing from a sales perspective. This, the sheer amount of money that they generate through GTA Online is insane. Mm -hmm. 
And no doubt they're going to get a nice healthy spike when the uh, Diamond Casino and Resort opens this coming week. Yeah. Uh, you got to, is, is this sort of tempting you to jump on a, at launch of this casino and get in there and, and slap the pokies? Or you're going to wait and <laughs> wait and sort of get some opinions first from some other fellow fellow gamblers before you, you take a ride at the Diamond Casino? Oh, as a person that doesn't gamble, I'm just, you know, happy to participate and see what it's all about. Um, will I jump on release date? I don't know. But I'll definitely give it a go because it's new content in GTA and that always causes for um, all the wonderful, interesting people to jump back online. So bring it on. Yeah, it's, it's crazy though. Like uh, quite contrasting stories you've had there back to back. Yeah. How dare you smoke? But yeah. gambling. Yeah, gambling is fine. But you, you, yeah, you bring a cigar into this place and uh, you're in some trouble. You literally smoke as well in the game. You just mm. light one up. So the next headline. Quake Doom studio director quits id Software after 24 years. This comes via way of Oscar Deus at GameSpot. So Tim Willits, studio director of Doom, Rage, and Quake Software uh, and Quake developer id Software, sorry, says I've decided to leave id Software after QuakeCon. I've been extremely lucky to work with the best people in the industry on truly amazing games. After QuakeCon, I will announce my uh, I will announce my future plans, where I am going, and what new exciting things I am doing. Stay tuned. Willits joined the studio when it was still in its infancy in 1995, remaining after the studio was acquired by Bethesda parent company, Zenimax. He's one of the key minds behind the original Quake and continued to work extensively on that and Doom over the years, as well as serving as creative director on the first Rage. He also later directed Quake Champions. So uh, pretty big news wow. there. Like uh, he's he's been a foundation piece at id since their inception, uh, behind some of the biggest shooter titles of any generation, um, very interested to see where he goes. Uh, but he's he's gonna he's gonna be lost. He's gonna be missed, and a big loss for Id. Yes, absolutely. Like he's he's you know essentially one of the key people responsible you know in gaming history because Quake is such um such an important title when it comes to the history of gaming and development. Like I think I played Quake. I was probably too young talking about age, <laughs> talking about the age that, you know, you should be playing games and stuff. But Quake was actually very popular in my family household. Even my dad played it mm. and he's pretty incompetent with video games, but he loved Quake. It's it's a very, it was very understated. I think how big of an impact Quake had. Uh, and a lot of people I've met have similar stories to what you just did. Like people from all walks of life. Like uh, I remember a guy in Sydney, very sort of small town country boy fella, probably in his mid forties. And he told me that like back when he was at uni, uh, him and his rugby union mates used to have like local land parties with Quake and they'd actually get like on, yeah. like it was that old school. They'd get the old like analog handsets and sort of organize group chat via these, these analog phones. And they'd strap the phones to their head with like a wow. footy sock to tie it around there. So that they can have comms as they're playing these land Quake games. Like it's, it is one of the definitive uh, first person shooters. And yeah. yeah, Tim Willits is one of the, the main heads and visionaries behind it. So I'm curious to see what he's doing. If he's stepping out of the industry altogether, is he going to open up his own new studio? What's mm. going to happen? It's so weird though, like just leaving such a prominent studio. And it's, you know, Quake's doing great. Um, Quake Arena was the other game that I was trying to think of that was actually pretty relevant in my life. You were either playing Quake or you were over in Unreal Tournament as well. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah they, um, were, they were the rival competitive shooters there for a while on the PC. 
Yeah, God, I miss those times when I actually was half decent at shooting. <laughs> um, now all I just want to do is smoke cigarettes. Curse your ears. <laughs> <laughs> smoke cigarettes and gamble. Um, yeah, but if he opens, I don't think he's going to open his own studio. Really? 24 years. Yeah, like, like that's a long time to be in any type of job. Like you, you see these it. these ten years of of men and women in the industry where they've been with a studio or a company for ten twenty years, and it's it's insane. Like like I love the company I work for now, but like looking ahead and thinking I've been I'll be working there for twenty four years, that's a scary thought. And and mm. you know you're losing a lot of your life, so you've got to be extremely passionate about what you're doing there. So it'll be hard for him to to step aside from this. So maybe he's going completely out of industry. Who knows? Yeah, he said he later directed Quake Champions. Mm. based on how let's just say quake champions was received do you reckon maybe that was the motivation that was the death nail you reckon actually (laughs) maybe forcefully moving him out (laughs) yeah i mean it wasn't bad but i just don't think it was received the way that they hoped it wasn't as bad as uh old cliffy b's hail mary attempt with that shooter that he had which name escapes me right now can you remember what it was Oh God, no! But then everyone said that Apex kept like stole like elements from it. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I can't yeah. remember what it was. I didn't play it. I didn't play it. I remember though that there was this like massive push that all these like online influencers just got access to the game and were just told to play it just to yeah. push it even further. So yeah, so we don't have to wait too long f- to see what uh Mr. Willis is up to because QuakeCon is running next weekend. So. uh We'll either be able to report on episode 161 or episode 162 with uh, what Ooh. Tim Willis is up to after after stepping away from it. But uh, the last bit of news ties in nicely. You did mention this game just a second ago. Apex Legends is dealing with cheaters by matching them together. This comes <laughs> via way of Emma Kant at Eurogamer. Fancy using an aimbot on unsuspecting victims to climb your way up Apex Legends ranked mode? Well, too bad as now you'll be thrown into the seventh circle of hacker hell by Respawn's matchmaking system. In a developer update post on Reddit, Respawn detailed how it's been dealing with its cheater problem. Alongside developing auto-ban technology to boot out cheaters, similar to the measures PUBG Corp recently discussed, Respawn has been increasing its resources and undertaking ongoing work to adapt to new cheats. Most amusingly, this includes developing a matchmaking system that matches detected cheaters and spammers together. How delicious. Another area of concern seems to be preventing cheaters from, from creating new accounts to get around bans, with some players in certain regions on high-risk accounts now requiring two-factor authentication to log in. Respawn also said it's been working on improving detection that identifies and bans new spam accounts before they are used. So I think this is wow. hilarious and fantastic. Like just lo- lobbies of cheaters trying to out cheat each other to glory. Like I think it is the ultimate middle finger sort of meta moment uh, from Respawn here. What what do you reckon about all this? I think it's actually pretty clever because, you know, the whole idea is that it's just like, just ban the cheaters, like find them and ban them. But it's a point. People just go and make a new account again. But if you start like throwing them into matches with each other, it's it's unfortunate that this has been publicized now that that this is what they're going to do. But if you're throwing them in a match with each other and they just think they're fighting against other people, then that's great. Then they'll they'll never you know they'll never have to make another account and then go through the whole process again. If they're just going to be fighting against each other and 
Yeah, I'd, I'd watch jerk. that as a like a professional esports league or something like, <laughs> you know, ultimate cheater. Yeah, ultimate cheater. There we go. It, it <laughs> yeah practically writes itself to see who can who can hack better. You know, who can hack their way to the way to the top. So, could you just imagine though? Like, I'm trying to remember if there is like a replay screen or seeing how you died and just like, you just like. It would be a quick match, though, wouldn't it? If it's, like, a bunch of people, like, hacking and they're doing all that stuff where you can shoot through walls or just, like, auto-aimbot and just, like, it'd be the quickest match. Oh, yeah. You know, a tournament could be <laughs> over in five minutes, you know? Yeah. Like, you're just seeing guys, yeah, shoot shoot through the environment. People sort of glitch into the bottom of the map uh, so they're mm-hmm. underground, everybody, and then, yeah, just aimbotting around. Or you just – maybe it becomes, like, this Matrix – hack versus anti-hack where they're sort of dodging all these hack bullets coming through the earth or coming from the sky and yeah but it's it's cool that respawn are proactive um i i kind of had a little giggle when they reference PUBG corp because they have been anything but proactive with hackers it feels like it feels like you know half the player base of, of PUBG is still just a bunch of hacking dogs so uh it's nice that respawn are on the front foot and they're trying to work out ways to, to lock this down, whether it be mm. you know, isolating them in their own matchmaking. Uh, but I like that they're also throwing in the the two-factor authentication. Like I've got a love-hate relationship with that, the whole 2FA yeah. thing. Like it, I know it makes you feel a lot more secure, but sometimes it's just a pain in the ass. Pain to have in to the get ass, your phone yeah. out, get a code, finger scan, whatever it might be, go through the authenticator. <laughs> Prick your finger, give with, a bit of blood, yep. But the way the world works these days, I can't cannot recommend that highly enough for everybody mm-hmm. to just get about two uh, FA on just about everything that they're they're touching these days because it's essential. Yeah, I, the thing I'm interested in is the last part where they said that they're also working on improving detection that identifies and bans new spam accounts before they're even used. Yeah, like that's next level shit. Like yeah. that is like. Do you think that's, that's just going to be like an algorithm where they're, they're looking at the email accounts that are signing up? Like it's going to be, you know, mm. AB 4076-2532 at blah, blah, blah. Like they're just looking for weird anomalies like that based off the email sign up, would you say? Do you think that's, that's what they're going to be focusing on? That could actually be it. Yeah, it could be that. It could be how uh, like how quickly an account's created maybe or in mm. contrast to, yeah, I guess the web address. Um, the only other thing I could think of is can they detect like IP address? Or yeah. is that probably yeah, a bit that, too they'd far? Yeah, they'd be able to grab that IP address too. So. Mm. so if multiple accounts are being pinged on like one IP address, maybe they can just be like, well, that's... Yeah, just, you know, just block those again. IP addresses. Yeah. It's great. It's a great initiative. It's a creative one. I don't think I've ever seen it before. I hope it works um, because I know a lot of people have been losing their enjoyment in uh, Apex, um, whether it's just recycled kind of gameplay that people are kind of sick of or whether it's because of all the hackers i've heard mostly because of the hackers so hopefully this is a positive yeah like a hacker just takes away from any good experience in in a shooter like the the amount mm. of times i haven't really encountered it too often when i was playing apex but in in you know, talking about PUBG again like you jump into lobbies you get a roll on then all of a sudden you just see this one you know mr g one two three four five six seven twenty five blah 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 and, he, and you just see the kill list, like there's so, suddenly 10 guys Headshot dead in the space of five gun. seconds. Yeah. And then you get one tap from a pistol across the map through a rock. Yeah, and it's it. like, fuck this, you know, <laughs> takes away the fun of the game. But that's the thing. You just don't understand. Like, what do you get for it? And my favorite, my favorite is the people who cheat on stream. Mm. 
that's my favorite. They've actually found people now in like e-leagues that cheat. And it's like, how is there not a precautionary, like, like how is there no measure to like figure out that people are cheating before they even reach these elite levels? And yeah. you're shit then, you know, you're not great. You're shit. Like, uh. yeah, you're f- oh, like well. the whole fake it till you Be make shit it like me is relevant sometimes, but like in these types of situations, yeah, like when you get found out, which you will in these situations, you're just going to look worse as a from a personal standpoint but also Ooh. from an ability standpoint like no one's going to take you seriously and then you get the vac bands and things like that so mm-hmm. we'll see we'll see you know this this is not going to squash cheating in gaming by any stretch of the imagination but hopefully mm-hmm. it's going to allow espn to uh to start up you know the the hackers elite tournament that we can watch uh in full hd glory sometime <laughs> in the near future because i would be all sign about that sign me up sign me up i'm all for it yeah so so that's the uh the news for the week miss hart have you got anything else you want to sort of bring up or, or say before you close this bad boy down for another week I'm actually going to make mention, I've actually jumped back into Splatoon on the Switch, Splatoon 2, and they're actually doing their final Splatfest, which is when you pick a side and then, you know, all the points kind of go to whichever side and then there's a big prize at the end. Um, It's currently underway and it is final Splatfest, so there'll be no more after this. So mm, check it out. I'll be playing. Dusted. So uh, see if you can find me on the maps, on the splat fields, <laughs> passing ink. In the Splatoon turf war? I don't know. Yeah. See me yeah. inking? I don't know. That sounds gross. So. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Try it out. Come watch me ink. <laughs> watch me ink. Uh, <laughs> hanging out uh, with those Pokemon kids again on the corners. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So, yes, this has been episode 160 of the Hungry Gamers podcast. Thanks for stopping on by and giving us a listen. As I said, if you can rate, review, subscribe us on iTunes or your podcast platform of choice, it will mean an absolute awful lot to ourselves. And also be sure to do the same for all the other podcasts you are consuming. But uh, yeah, this has been episode 160. Uh, you can find Salim at Salim TD. You can find Miss Ali Hart at Miss Ali Hart. And you can find myself at Brendan 8-Bit and the whole collective at We Are 8-Bit. But uh, until next week, 8-Bit Nation, we're going to be back for episode 161. Much love. Stay hungry. You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. Stay hungry.